Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Welcome to the Lead Hership Global Show, where we feature inspiring connections with powerful women in business, politics, and entertainment, providing priceless guidance about the pivotal steps that push them in the direction of their purpose, their mission, and their dreams. Don't miss all the practical tools, resources, and quick tips that you can use today to show up, speak up, and step up in your career and personal life and step into your power. You know, success in life is all about following your true passion. It's through joy and pain, through success and struggle, that you find the greatest opportunity to create a clear path to create your destiny by living your purpose. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with Carrie Conley. She's a speaker, an author, and a vision expert to learn about how to create clarity of having a written, powerful vision that helps you move forward and fixes just about anything that may be keeping you stuck. Perry will explain how to write your vision in all seven areas of your life and how to create a blueprint to achieve those goals, how to overcome roadblocks, and how to use a consistent action plan and celebrate the small wins. So it is time to ask yourself, why am I here? What do I want to create in the world? And am I dreaming big enough? Listen in to identify your dreams and goals through vision building and achieve those goals by discovering your purpose. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about Carrie Conley. I will tell you, Carrie's experience of growing a successful sales and marketing business for 20 years while raising her kids is an achievement on its own. But she also co-authored a best-selling book called Keep Looking Up in 2019, and she owns her own coaching practice, Infinity Corporation, and has helped hundreds around the country and the world gain momentous success. Carrie found her passion and her ability to help both men and women create, develop, and execute a rock-solid, bigger-than-life vision that propels them to succeed in all areas of life, including self-love, financial prosperity, a healthy lifestyle, caring relationships, a strong family, supreme confidence, and spiritual connection. Carrie now travels the world to both virtual and live events, helping men and women professionally and personally build their self-empowering skills by using her own vision methodology. She shows them how to shed past fear, hardship, pain, in order to manifest a beautiful life that's within reach. Carrie, we are so excited to welcome you to the program today. Thank you so much. Now, I have to ask you uh, right off the bat about how you got started. Tell us a little bit about your journey around having such passion around this idea of vision building and achieving goals by discovering your purpose. 
I know that you believe that success in life is about following your true passion. So Mm -hmm. how did this journey begin for you to help others create their vision and achieve their goals by discovering their purpose? You know, this is really uh, goes back over 30 years now, Linda. So when I was in my late 20s, this was the early 80s. Um, I was doing what all of us were told to do. You know, we got got our degrees, got married, got the job and started working up the ladder, right? My husband did that very well. And several of our friends were very successful with that. I changed jobs like every two years because I just couldn't fit the mold. I kept thinking, okay, it's got to be the job. There's got to be something. Maybe the next job is the real thing. And along the way, at one of the jobs I was at, they had like a staff development day. They had a speaker come in who is now to this day, still a very good friend of mine. I don't even remember really what she talked about, Linda. I just remember being so inspired by her. And I thought to myself, wow, I would love to be like that. So I asked her if I could take her to lunch and she became my first mentor. And she was the first person ever in my life that said to me that, you know, I could create my life to look whatever I wanted it to look like. I just needed to be super clear on what that was. So she encouraged me to take a day off of work, which I did. And with a legal pad of paper, because this again was the 80s, you know, no iPads and all that kind of stuff, right? So I sat down and all day I wrote in great detail in every area of my life what I wanted it to look like. My relationship with my husband, where we were living, what kind of mom I wanted to be. I wrote some ideas around having my own business. It's the first time I'd ever entertained the idea of being an entrepreneur. Um, So I had lots of question marks, right? Maybe this, maybe that. But out of the blue that day, I wrote on the last line of one of those pieces of paper that someday I wanted to teach people the importance of vision and goal setting. So fast forward 30 years later, I did become an entrepreneur a few years later because I was a mom. Then I had my son and I was pregnant with my daughter when I jumped into being in the network marketing industry with a company called Arbonne, which most people know, and grew to the top rank of the company. So I had a lot of team, a lot of female, right? And the one thing I had to teach them, Linda, that I knew that if they didn't do, they were going to quit was having a written, clear, really powerful vision for why they wanted this to work. Because it's a very challenging industry, as you know. So 10 years ago, I officially decided that I was going to create some curriculum around it, uh, which I did. And then I wrote uh, a workbook called Vision is Victory. And I started teaching little workshops to people on why having a vision is so important and how to write it like they've never written it before and how to identify where they're getting stuck. And that turned into me being a coach, mostly for female entrepreneurs for many, many years, um, because most of the female entrepreneurs I meet are running really expensive hobbies and most of them quit because of that. So that's how I've become known as a vision expert. I've lived it. I still do it. I still teach it. I speak on it. And I still, now I end up coaching mostly um, team leaders and women who own their own businesses, CEOs, so that they can be better leaders with a bigger purpose for their teams. I love that, Carrie. So I have to say that, you know, you actually are a practitioner of the uh, advice and counsel that you give others. And so you often challenge others to ask themselves, why am I here? What Mm -hmm. do I want to create in the world? Am I dreaming big enough? And over time, those dreams, those aspirations, that vision, that mission, that purpose can can change and evolve. 
How have you seen your own purpose change and how have you seen your purpose be reflected in the relationships you've had with others? Right. You know, it's interesting, Linda, because I I wrote my first vision, like I told you, you know, 30 years ago. And each year in the month of my birthday, which is this month, I take the time to revisit it and rewrite it if, if anything has changed. Foundationally, not much changes because what's in my vision is not so much things and experiences. It's really about who I want to be and the legacy that I want to leave here. And that hasn't changed in a really long time. If nothing else, because of what has happened over the past eight years of my life, uh, I am more powerfully sure of what I'm doing. Um, I lost my husband eight years ago to suicide. And then three years later, my 26-year-old son also to suicide. And it was at that moment I knew that, okay, so this is really what I'm supposed to be doing is not so much just coaching entrepreneurs, but really what I'm doing when I help people with their vision is connect them to their purpose that they're seeking to, um, to get really, really anchored in something bigger than themselves and what they think is their identity. Usually what we think is our identity is our jobs and what we do. And it's just not because that can go away in a heartbeat. Uh, and, and adversity of any kind can really disrupt the whole flow of why am I here? You know, we really start questioning. I think especially after the past two years we've been through, Linda, so many people have had a wake up call around why am I doing what I'm doing? I don't like it. You know, it's just something I was told to go do because that's what you should do, like me in the 80s, you know, doing what we should do. And I see so many people right now pressing the pause button on a lot of the things that they've been doing that they really just don't like doing and really going inward like I do on a regular basis to listen to their heart more on what they truly want. Yeah, that's so smart. As you often say, it's through joy and pain, through success and struggle that you find the greatest opportunity to clear the path and to create your destiny by living in your purpose. And it's really interesting that you created your purpose 30 years ago, but you allow yourself the freedom to reflect on that purpose every year and come to conclusion about whether or not there needs to be a sort of a redirection or maybe a reinvention of that purpose. I think that's so smart. As right. you talk, you also spoke about legacy, which I think is so important. Mm -hmm. So help us understand the connection between vision and purpose and legacy. You know, it's not something that I think most 30-year-olds think about. I've just been so focused on it because I've always wanted to create that future that I wanted and not what everybody else wanted. And most especially now that I turned 60, you know, now, now legacy is like a really big, like neon light for me, right? Um, you know what I mean by that is that I think we need to ask ourselves, I think there's a common denominator amongst all of us as humans. And that common denominator is that we want to leave this world a better place than, than it is. I think we all want to help other people get better. And when we do this reflection, we look at what we're doing. Sometimes we look at it and think, is this really the legacy that I want to leave? Is this really the best impact I can leave this world, leave my family, um, the people I care about? So it's always for me, a am I making a, an impact that is like a ripple effect? Well, will this help other people help other people? I love that. And you've talked about how important having clarity is. 
But tell us about the difference between having a vision, having a sense of purpose, the difference between that and actually having a written, powerful vision to help you move forward and fix just about anything that may be holding you back or keeping you stuck. What is the difference between envisioning what you want to create and actually writing it down? So most of us, most people, if I ask them, do you feel like you have a vision for your life? They will look at me and say, yeah, I think I do. But my next question is, if I were to ask you, if you could show me in writing in great detail in every area of your life, and there's seven of them that I refer to, um, with dates on some things, can you show me that? And, you know, almost 100% of the time, most people tell me, oh, yeah, no, I don't have that. (laughs) They have the pretty vision board. They have what I call the someday plan going on, but they don't have any kind of game plan behind creating those things. So I have a vision board. I'm looking at it right now in front of me. But what's backed up with the vision board is some goals with dates on things to to reach those. So most specifically, if I could describe this for you, Linda, when I do my workshop, uh, and my workbook also does this, um, I get people to put the date at the top of the piece of paper as if it's three years from that day. And then right after the date, I get them to put their age and the ages of their family members or kids, grandkids, parents, because two things are non-negotiable, time and aging, right? Three years is going to pass and we will be three years older. And when I do that, it's so funny when I'm in a room with a live audience, I can see people and it's all, it's like this light bulb goes off. They start going, oh, wow. Right. Especially if they have kids and they see the ages of the kids, they see some things coming that they're not really necessarily prepared for or some changes that they want to make before that age comes or that time comes. Right. And so it gives us a target. It kind of gives it more clarity instead of just rolling around. I'm hoping it happens. I'm wishing, you know, things turn around. That's not a game plan. So I put the dates on things so then they can start reverse engineering some things they want to put in place in their family life, their faith life, whatever that means for them, their friends, fitness and health, their field, their career, finances, and fun. Those are the seven areas that I get them to get really detailed. So what I get them to do is write as if it is that day three years out and in as much definition as you can give it, describe what it looks like. Right? So smart. I love that. And you know, that begins to hint at someone's legacy, right? That begins to create the foundation, maybe the framework for the kind of legacy that you want to leave in your life, because right. it forces you to expand your vision beyond the here and now to you know, the end of your life. What do you want to be known for? What kind of impact do you want to have made? What kind of uh, purpose do you want to be connected to? And you really want to think about what you want to create in the world. And I think that also leads you to ask whether or not you're dreaming big enough, whether or not you're really envisioning a life that at the end of your life, you're going to look back and say, wow, I am so blessed. I am so fortunate to have created the life I have rather than, wow, I wish I would have. Right. So talk to me a little bit about how that process helps to start to frame out someone's legacy too. Right. Well, when they write that vision, 
very clearly, the next thing that happens is they're they're starting to see all the things that they are doing now as either it aligns with the vision or it doesn't. And a lot of times some of the things we're doing or the people we're being around or whatever don't line up. And so one of the things I tell people that having a clear vision helps fix, I have a long list of what it helps fix, but one of the things, and it's usually the first thing I mention, is it helps you make better decisions with your time, your money, and the people you spend it with. It either lines up or it doesn't. So you're able to, I'm so able to say yes and no to things, Linda, because it either is a part of the legacy and the purpose and the vision, or it's not. Um, so it helps people chip away at all the stuff we put on our plate that's busyness or things that we thought we needed to validate our identity so that we can truly follow that God-given purpose we were sent here to do. I truly believe each one of us is sent here with one unique mission to accomplish. It's just that by the time we enter school, and I could talk about this forever, uh, we start getting told a different path to follow, right? And the older you get, the harder it is to get back to that place. Uh, but that's where your purpose is. And that's where the legacy is. We just have to chip away at all the stuff that got piled on top of it. I love that, Carrie. That makes so much sense. And as we said, you know, that legacy, that vision, that mission, that purpose can evolve and change over time. Sometimes it's based on some sort of life events. Sometimes right. that pivot can happen due to tragedy. Sometimes it could happen due to opportunity. There may be some... True you know, unbelievable opportunity that you take advantage of that completely changed the trajectory of your life. And all of a sudden you have to rethink, rewrite and have the opportunity to reinvent your right. purpose and your legacy. So for you, can you talk a little bit about where that clarity really came for you and the tragedy that you just mentioned, losing both your husband and your son to suicide, how that began to either redefine or maybe clarify your purpose, your mission, your vision. It's so interesting to me how I've mentioned a couple of times I've been doing this since I was 28. And the reason I wrote it what at that moment was because I was really questioning the job thing. And what it, what it became then was, all right, what does align with what I wanted? What I wanted for my life at that point was to not do the nine to five gig. I'm very hardworking and very disciplined. I just didn't like being told you get this time and this time and this much vacation, right? I just, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, the other thing I knew is that we were going to be starting a family and I wanted to be, I wanted to be home. So that's when I was able to define that what showed up next, of course, was my first home-based business. And it, it I made an instant decision that the day I was introduced to it, Linda, because it checked all the boxes. It was an easy yes. So at that moment, like you said, that was a part of my vision because of that space and time. Now, fast forward, as I mentioned, I turned into being an entrepreneurial coach for many, many years and truly believed that was going to be my space for a long time. But then after what I've been through for the past eight years, it became very clear that all of these years of me talking about vision was lining up for this moment, right? I've been being trained for a really long time uh, because God knew this was coming. So it was so clear. So my daughter and I, after losing my son, the two years after losing him, about a year and a half, we co-authored a book called Keep Looking Up because we were both certain that 
we were to do something with this. So sometimes I speak alone. Sometimes she and I speak together, which is really powerful. And I love that. And now she's also creating her own speaking platform, mostly for young adults. Um, so as I mentioned, the, the foundation of who I am and what my purpose is has not changed. It's just, it's, it's elevated at every level and I've been getting prepared and I know something bigger yet is still to come. Me too, Carrie. I know something bigger is yet to come for you. Yes. There's no doubt in my mind. So let me also just ask if you were to offer uh, advice and counsel to someone about vision, right? Mm. How to write their vision, um, you know, and maybe they're a little apprehensive. They're worried about getting something wrong or yes. not thinking big enough, or, or maybe they feel like their life is small and they're worried about actually writing it out. Talk yes. to me a little bit about the advice you would give them to create that vision and actually write it down. Again, noting the seven categories that you always reference. Yes. All right. So first of all, you have to be in a really quiet space, which is why most people never write their vision. Because <laughs> finding and validating, saying to ourselves, I'm going to, and I literally go away. So in the month of my birthday, I just got back from four days on the beach and I spend quiet time clearing my head and rewriting. So I highly recommend that if you have to get away from every distraction you have and put yourself on a plane, go to your happy place and write this out, handwritten, not typed. There's a big correlation between writing with your hand and the brain, right? Um, think about three years out in those seven categories and write in such detail that you can literally see it, taste it, touch it. Don't say things like we're living in a bigger house. It's a wishy-washy vision, right? Where is the house? What city? Is it in the country? Is it a suburb? How many square feet is it? What color is it? How many rooms? What do you do inside the house? I mean, the brain goes to work in helping us create whatever we tell it. So we have to be super clear. I've had friends that have had a picture of what they thought the house was that they wanted to look like by driving through neighborhoods and actually buying that actual house, right? This is how it happens. So we have to get really clear and we have to watch the words. Don't use words like I'm hoping, we're trying, you know, that's all wishy-washy stuff. It's words of affirmation. I have, I am, we're doing, I'm creating and do not leave anything out that you think is too big or with your current circumstances looks impossible. This is where most people get really tripped up is they think there is just no way. There's a lot of people who they won't write the vision until they know the how first and it doesn't work that way. You write the vision first, the how shows up like it did for me. So we have to just know that we, God's got our back. And if you're thinking about it, it means it's already there for you. You just have to get yourself out of your way. The how will show up, I promise. So I've had so many clients when they have really taken me seriously on doing this exercise and write it in great detail, um, will call me, they'll write something just so big and they'll kind of laugh about it. And I tell them, I'm going to tell you now that you have written this, it's going to happen sooner than you know. And sure enough, I'll get phone calls like, Two weeks after writing it going, you are not going to believe what happened today. <laughs> but see, so you put the emotion, you put things in motion. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Carrie. And a lot of that is about getting clear on what's important to you, what your priorities are. Right. 
how you want to design your life. It's about being uh, also open to opportunity. Once you're clear about what you want to create in the world, you become a lot clearer about the opportunity being presented to you as well, which I think is so important. So important. Um, You know, what it helps you do, like I said, is take all that busy stuff off your plate because all it's doing is keeping you from that higher calling. Um, This year, especially, Linda, I have my word this year is ease. I wanted things to come to me more out of ease instead of me chasing it, pushing it, overworking it, which is typically my MO, (laughs) do, do, do. Um, And really let giving me space to allow that bigger thing that I know in my heart is coming. I don't know right now what it looks like, but I know it's coming. And in order for me to be ready for it, I had to let go of a lot of things that I've been doing the way I've been doing it that for a long time worked. And it just wasn't working anymore. And quite frankly, I just didn't want to do it. Right. And Uh, I think that that's such an important recognition too. When the life that you created for yourself, which at one point probably worked beautifully, you're starting to evolve and change and you need to shed that skin and you need to become something bigger and greater than you were before. And I think that's okay. It may feel uncomfortable and maybe even painful at times during that process, Very. <laughs> but it opens up opportunity yeah. for you and it opens up you know, new options. And I just think that that's an exciting place to be um, yeah. if you can sort of endure some of the, uh, the uncomfortableness of not knowing, right? Not, that, it's yeah. not knowing that can be uncomfortable. Very much so. And it's also the internal work that's hard, Linda, because now what I'm doing in this process is becoming aware of my thought patterns that I thought were real and right. And I'm finding, wow, not so much. (laughs) This is all think and grow rich stuff, right? It's all becoming super aware that your thoughts create things. What you think about, you bring about. And a lot of people, I think, number one, don't believe that because it sounds too woo-woo to them. Or number two, they don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe that the circumstances they've created, they've created, right? Um, so it's hard. It's It's been, I think, some of the hardest work I've done this year in my life, that what I've done the past three months, most especially, has been just taking a lot of stuff off my plate that I've been holding on to and just giving myself space but, it's but like, you know, Carrie, that's what makes you such a powerful leader and such a relatable um, and yet inspiring leader is that you walk the talk and you recognize that what you're recommending and advising and encouraging others to do, you do yourself. And you mm-hmm. recognize that, you know, it's not always easy. It's not always easy. There's fear involved. There's pain involved. There's a sense of unknowing, uh, which can lead to a bit of anxiety. Listen, growth is never easy and quick and simple. And the fact that you allow yourself to move through those phases, just as you advise all of your clients to do, I think makes you relatable. It makes you real, but also makes you inspirational because people see you walking the talk, which is amazing. So Carrie, I tell you, I, you know how much I love you and how much I respect you and admire you, but I do have to wrap up our time together, sadly. I would love to keep talking because you are just such a wealth of knowledge, but let me just wrap up with one final question. 
What is a piece of really powerful leadership advice that you've received that you'd like to share with our audience? So much, because I've been so blessed, as you said, to be around some really amazing people. But I will never forget being at a conference and one of our top leaders in the company who was who's younger and than me, but so wise, said something I've never forgotten. I've repeated many, many times, especially for women that I've coached, is we have to stop leading with emotion, which is not easy to do. We have to get control of our emotions if we really want to lead ourselves and the people that are following us. Because more times than not, the first reaction we have as a human is typically not a good one, right? (laughs) This is what she said, learn to manage your emotions, especially if it's not a good one, like a jealousy, emotion, or resentment, or bitterness, or anger, or whatever, you know, sit on it for a good 24 hours before you do anything, right? Because more times than not, Linda, that emotion will dissipate. And a lot of times it comes from a trigger, our own triggers. It's not somebody causing it. It's a trigger of our own. And if we are owning that, we usually find out that, you know, I don't need to act on that. Right. So learning to manage emotion was a really big aha moment for me. Oh, that is such a wonderful way for us to wrap up our podcast today. Carrie, thank you so much for everyone tuning into the Lead Hership Global Program. This was Carrie Conley. She is a best-selling author. She is a widely known public speaker, incredibly popular keynote, and a coach helping entrepreneurs, business owners, business founders create their vision. So Carrie, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful. And for everyone in the Leadership Global audience, tune in next week and join us for another Leadership Global episode. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.